Hello everybody, welcome to our latest episode of the podcast, season 2 episode 10. This was a great chat, my name's Mike, I'm the founder of Talk Like Me. Uh, I was joined by Carl, who is one of the most passionate members of our community, a real big help to me personally. Uh, check out him out online, also he's been making the rainbow headwear, which some of the prof- from which some of the profits is going to NHS and hopefully a little bit to talk about it, mate, as well, which is, fa- which is great and I'd like to thank Carl for that. It was great to have him in on this chat with uh, a podcast I've really been looking forward to uh, and that was with Chris Judge. He is the founder of Directions for Men, uh, who work across Manchester, Warrington, Bolton, and a real leader in the field of men's mental health. Um, so somebody I look up to and has given me advice in the past, and he's working really hard to bring together men's organisations to form a movement for men's mental health. And uh, so the, the theme we kind of got into was masculinity and and how men are sent messages you know that that are out of date almost about the role of what a man should be like because society has changed and you know almost get people getting back to their appreciating themselves as they are rather than judging themselves on on certain criteria but also taking back certain unhelpful terms like toxic masculinity instead naming behaviors for what they are rather than just using masculinity as the root cause for all these problems listen to it anyway (laughs) tell me what you think uh, because I really enjoyed having this chat today. So, uh, and as always, we'll talk about it, mate, um, for our events and also check out Directions for Men, who are, I would say, a leader in this field. So, I hope you enjoy this podcast. Right, John. Hello, everybody. Welcome to season two, episode 10 of the Talk About Mate podcast. It, I feel like we're coming to the end of a real frantic run of podcasts at the moment. Um, but that means that we should be like on a good run of form, you know, like when a footballer's played a lot of games and they're like match fit and stuff. So that's how I'm feeling today. Um, it's good to have connected with so many people. And one thing that we've done recently on the podcast is that we've brought in different members of our community as co hosts. Uh, so today I'm very pleased to say that we're joined by Carl. Good morning, Carl. Good morning, Mike. And many of you might have heard Carl from um, our men's group podcast uh, and any of the promos from that. So what I'm going to do, Carl, put you on the spot. Um, can you check in? How are you doing this morning? Uh, right, yeah. Um, put me on the spot, as usual. Um, <laughs> how has it been over the last sort of period of isolation it's been quite a good period myself for my own personal reflection um get my own mental health awareness um back on track it's not been so great because i run a company that manufactures sportswear a little company so that's been furloughed because there's no sports there's a no <laughs> no business at the moment um but again i've used the time to look at different products and talk to various uh, potential suppliers and stuff like that so it's not been a complete waste of time plus finally got through to the government and the banks with regard to loans so that's all good um, so I'm feeling a lot more positive a lot more self-aware and I'm actually quite looking forward to seeing how the rest of this this period is going to play out um, as long as I've touched wood I've had no close friends or family um, seriously affected by the by the illness, which you know, I can't, I can't 
stake for other people and I feel that you know there has been unnecessary deaths but um yeah I myself as myself and my friends have been kept on okay so in that way that's quite good thanks very much for that Carl that it is good to constantly checking I suppose um all right then well let's move on to introducing our guest today um someone who who is very active in mental health and provision uh, and I'll let him talk about that his name's Chris Judge and he runs an organization called Directions for Men personally for me he's given me a lot of advice which has helped me to launch talk about it mate so I'll hand over to Chris to kind of introduce himself and tell us a little bit about what he does Cheers, Mike. Um, so, yeah, my name is Chris. I founded Directions to Men in August last year. And there was a few reasons for, for that, really. So I suppose, firstly, it was my professional background. I'd been a probation officer for a little while uh, in Cheshire and then worked for a drug and alcohol charity. And I was always struck by the, the kind of imbalance in the number of men accessing those services, either voluntarily in the in in terms of substance misuse but obviously ordered by the courts um in terms of probation um and i was always struck by the fact that in, in both of those sectors really quite often well in substance misuse always and in probation quite often um there was an underlying mental health issue or a lack of ability to deal with emotionally charged situations effectively and so that was one of the reasons uh, i've had my own kind of mental health issues in the past um you know and I always I always downplay them a little bit and say they're quite minor because I'm a fella so that's what I do and so I suffered with anxiety and panic disorder for the last 12 years or so but I'm able to manage that really well now um, and the third reason and I think the most important reason um was that I was bereaved by suicide myself um last year a family member of mine took his own life um and it was that kind of typical story of the guy who's always the life and soul of the party, laughing, joking. Um, we knew he'd have his difficult times, but um, we never thought it got that it'd get that bad that he'd take his own life. And unfortunately, he did. So, combination of those three things are what motivated me to set up Directions for Men. Essentially, Directions for Men is very similar to what you're doing, Mike. You know, we get guys together. We talk about issues that we're facing. We try and get men helping each other and supporting each other through those issues. Guys who've got shared experiences and we get them to talk. It's the, probably the most difficult way of, of bringing men together to engage in mental health. But I think it's obviously, for me, the most effective way of getting back down to the issues. We try and provide a bit of education in those sessions as well to help men develop strategies and techniques. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing that I want to get from it is that the fellas make friends with other fellas and have other people that they can talk to and, and share time with and, and, and go and do activities with. That's, dire, you know, that's directions in a nutshell. That's when it works at its best, really. That's a really nice description of what it is. And, and yet, we, you know, I call it like peer support because I think that's really important that mm. if you've had that experience or then you've, there's a, someone sat next to you or, or next to you on the webcam, that's yeah. also had that insight into that experience because that's more powerful, isn't it? Than just someone telling you like about it rather than someone who's also felt it. I find. I always, <clears throat> I always say that's the magic of the meetings, isn't it? Yeah. When you see, when you see a guy come into the meeting, who might've been coming to a meeting for four or five weeks, but that one time when they decide then is the time to talk, 
and share what's been going on for them and share what's been happening to them. And you do physically see the shoulders lift mm. as they're talking. Um, and then the other guys start jumping in going, you know, that's what happened to me. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I just kind of sit back with a big smile on my face and think, yeah, this is, this is, this is magic. This is amazing. It is a special, a special thing. And that's why I'll bring Carl in because he's been attending our sessions. And once, once the lockdown's over, hopefully Carl will be facilitating as well for me. But um, it, what do you think, Carl? You know, yeah, it, I'd, like, I'd like to, yeah, um, support what, what, what both of you have said. Um, even sometimes I've found with the meetings where people have actually been quite involved uh, with various sessions, but then perhaps a, a topic will really, really hit a, hit an exposed nerve with someone, and that that then they actually open up to a potentially a very, a very difficult problem um, that they've kind of buried or that they've been kind of uh, hiding because of whatever reason, whether it be. Um, the masculinity side of it that they didn't want to share it or embarrassment or shame and they've actually realized you know come to one of these groups and realized that they're actually in with people who've been through similar um life-changing experiences as well uh, and and yeah you can and and the weeks after that as you say the, the shoulders do lift and they do see seem to have more of a, a sense of of self-awareness these people and i, I myself and i've i've released certain parts of my life which uh you know have caused me anxiety and, and depression and my own I've had addiction stuff like that um the more you share it yeah it just it really is the the communication level of it and i think that's that's why um it is such an important tool uh yeah. tool for, for modern man yeah yeah it makes me think of a quote i, I read and uh i think it's like I can't remember. It's like shame dies when stories are told in safe places. And right. I think that's the, the point of what I'm trying to get at is it's like you said, Chris, when you see their shoulders lift, it's that it's a, I don't know whether it's relief, but it's because they've opened up in a, in a different area than where they may have not opened up in other areas. Does that make sense? Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, you've got to think <clears throat> it's the most unnatural thing in the world for a man to do is to go into a meet. Firstly, to enter that meeting takes a huge amount of courage. To walk through that door takes a massive amount of courage. Then to talk about something to a group of strange men, that's probably the most personal thing to you in your life that you've never shared with that. In my case, when I was suffering, I didn't even talk to my wife about some of the things I was going through. So to go into a room full of other fellas, that made my voice went deeper than other fellas, and share, share something that's so personal and causing you so much trauma and difficulty. It's the strangest, strangest thing that we're asking men to do. But it's like, that's why it's the most powerful. I think ju just going back to like your list then, you know, men, for the first step to, to be able um, to actually go to the meeting, yeah. I'd actually probably take that step uh, prior to that to actually men realizing that they actually have an issue and then going to the meeting I, I think it takes a lot for for a man to actually think actually I do have an issue be it whatever it is and then go to the meeting as well so I think yeah there is there is a chain and and, and each each one does take a lot of courage um, yeah, courage which which is never really um, I don't know it's it, it, it's a personal thing as you say 
going through it myself and obviously both you guys have gone through it yourselves as well you, you know that each step makes you stronger and stronger yet from from the outside world it, it's kind of like oh you're asking for help you must, it's it's the masculinity side of it saying oh you must be weak you can't survive it by yourself but it, it, it's actually the, the reverse of it um and and offering up your vulnerability has does make you in my mind and i think you know we, both of you guys know it makes you the stronger person and, and more resilient to in an emotional world to to progress yeah i can see i can see what you mean there i think um men in general nowadays this is where we'll kind of move it on a bit here and the relationship between men and mental health is changing are you finding that chris now with what's out there in the media and things like that um, yeah, slowly but surely, I think it is changing. I think the media is part of it, and I think you know, people like Prince Harry and Prince William and their campaigns that they've been running are fantastic. And obviously, now we're getting a lot more sportsmen coming out and talking about mental health as well. So I think I think the message is is slowly getting through to men that you, it's okay to not be okay, and it's okay to ask for help if you're struggling. Um, how much of that is is turned into action yet? I'm not sure. Um, and I think that, that message will take a long time to really drive home. And I think groups like Talk About It Mate and Directions for Men and there's a whole host of other groups that I, that I kind of connect with around the country as well. The more, you know, some of our men can't connect with a, with a, a premiership football player or a prince. It's only when they go and speak to the guy who lives in the same places them that they realize that there is a connection between them and other people so i think those campaigns do a certain amount and i think it's fantastic that those messages are out there but without groups like ours being available for men to access locally that message will only get so far yeah absolutely yeah remember when we met um you said like you want there to be a group in, in in every area every night of the week and i think that that vision is something that I think that's one of the first things you said to me. And I was like, yes, because the, the, the community aspect is massive because there are some communities and especially I'd say more in the working class communities where they're going to need to connect with people who are very, very, do have very, a lot of similarities because let yeah. I me mean, talk about it, mate. I'm not going to lie. I, we're probably more on the more middle class side because of the guys and how I've met them. But once we're set up again, we're going to be getting into Salford and we're going to get into different communities and you have to, they're not going to use, I don't want to be the role model for them. It's got to be someone from their community. It's being a man isn't enough to be a peer, is it? You yeah. Know, being a man that comes from the place where they come from and have had the same, the same experience that those guys have had. That's a, that's a true meaning of a peer. So yeah, you, you know, you're dead right. You know, we've, we've started delivering groups in Withinshaw in Manchester, which is a, a, a highly deprived area traditionally. And it's one of the most amazing groups that we run. And, and it's, it's those guys talking to each other. That, that is the main driver behind that group and the main, where the magic happens. It's not me facilitating it. It's guys that are from Withenshaw facilitating the discussions between themselves because, you know, they know each other. And one of the, one of the most amazing things that happened um, in the, one of the first meetings that we had in Withenshaw was two guys speaking to each other that had tried to take their own lives using the same method and in the same location. Wow. The first time they'd ever spoken to another man that had done the same thing. Now, I, I'd never be able to facilitate that kind of discussion. They just did it themselves, you know? 
it's, it's amazing. I think linking on from that though, I, I do think that the good thing with all these groups is um, it does kind of bridge uh, potential social or historic social divides and stuff like that, as you say, from, you know, um, people potentially, yeah, they might look at a peer from their own kind of background, but then I think myself viewing other people and you kind of think, you know, whether you're a successful businessman, whether you're on the dole, whether you, whatever, you know, your social level, you know, you all have various similar elements, especially with when it comes to mental health and especially the, the masculinity side of things that there's always been a, this peer pressure on men. Um, and I know myself and Mike have both sort of played football quite a bit. And I've always found that as a, as a great sort of, you know, uh, community factor. I've played on football teams and there's people turning up, you know, in 40,000 pound Rolls Royces and, and, and there's people turning up on, on a push bike or a skateboard or walking or getting off the bus. And once you all play for the same team, it all depends on, on how you play football. It doesn't matter where, what background you've come from. I mean, realistically, even look at sort of your premiership footballers and, and, and or high-level footballers, how they come from it. And I think this is just another um, spoke in the wheel of, of actually breaking down barriers um, and breaking down the social barriers, but also, more importantly, breaking down the, the, the mental um, stigma attached with being a man um, and I think the more of these groups and the groups working together I think the the exclusivity of it you know not saying right well you know this is one group's better than the other they all have the similar aim and, and that's I think that network of, of you know similar groups is is the more there is the better it is for for the population I think. And I think that's one one of the conversations the, the conversation I had with Mike when I talked about a group being available every day of the week for every single man. Yeah. I think the other thing that I also talked about was creating a movement. And when I talked about creating a movement, that's exactly what I'm talking about, Carl, is there are a huge number of men's groups out there now. And new ones are sprouting up all the time. And only by collaborating and working together and having a, a unified voice where we start talking about the importance of men, talking about the mental health, will our groups start to take off. Yeah. Um, because we've got to generate a movement around it. Yeah, yeah, and getting content out there, and like you say, we could do organize a five aside or something after all this, and you know, get getting groups, you know, working together. And and I think one thing I would say is, even though all these men might be different, you're finding something that brings people together, and it could be just as simple as we all have mental health, so therefore, or it could be like the coronavirus. We've we've been bonding over that, you know, like often the first 10, 15 minutes of meetings, like I invite my dad to them now because he just, he just comes and does a little coronavirus update and how he's feeling about it. But yeah. it, it's everyone can identify to that because it's something we're all going through. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and it, it, I mean, it is a big factor in mental health. I don't know what your guys' experience is, but when we're talking to, to fellas in our groups at the moment, there are two distinct camps. There are, there's one camp that isn't coping with isolation and lockdown at all and can't wait for everything to be opened up again. And then there's the camp that I'm in, um, which is loving isolation and loving a bit of a time for reflection and a bit of time to actually do all the things that I want to do and spend time with the kids. And I'm dreading lockdown being raised and having to go out and do work again. And it's yeah. those real extremes. So trying to meet the needs of both of those sets of men is difficult. But 
you, you always come back to the the kind of symptom of the mental health, don't you? It, it, we're, both, we're all feeling anxious. We're all feeling scared. We're all uncertain about what the future looks like. Um, so yeah, you know, there is a huge, huge kind of impact with COVID at the moment. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm loving being at home. Yeah, uh, <laughs> comp- yeah, compassion comes into it, isn't it? Like everyone's going to have their own views on it, and it's uh, yeah, trying. It's hard because you don't want to enforce any rules or anything into groups. We just say try and like appreciate, share from your own experiences. Try avoiding giving direct advice and stuff because there's nothing, nothing worse when you bared your soul about something and someone just says, yeah, maybe you should just try meditation. Like that, that yeah, because that's going to make me feel better straight away, isn't it? Even yeah. though like I've tried it, it's like it's not going to make me feel better. But I think the issue here then is masculinity, in that you're saying like some people don't like being at home, do they? And like for some men, not being at work, not being out there, grafting, that takes away a big part of their identity as a man, doesn't it? And yeah, and that's you know the, you know this is the issue about the messages that we give that we give men and and. You know, I don't know if either of you guys have read the Man Box report from 2017. It's a piece of research done on the messages that I give to men. Um, and it was, it was done on men in the USA, Mexico, and the UK, I think. And they kind of driven down to seven messages that are given to men on a regular basis. And a lot of it is about being strong, being able to fight, uh, not showing any vulnerability, any weakness. Um, being heterosexual was one of the big ones that was given to people. But obviously that traditional thing about being the breadwinner, earning the money, looking after the family, um, you know, that you should make, the man should make the rules in the house and all those kind of things are messages that men are still getting and getting loud and clear and from a very, very young age and not just from other men, but from, from men and women in their lives and, and from media and, and all sorts of different directions. So, you know, it's, it's such a difficult thing for men to overcome when they've been getting messages from the age of one, two, and three. Yeah. When they get to the age of 25, 30, 35 to go, you know, I'm, I'm not a man because I'm not the breadwinner anymore. Or I'm not a man because I'm not going out to work every day. Or I'm not a man because I feel depressed and I don't feel like I can get out of bed in the morning. So there's a massive issue there. I could talk about this for hours, but the, what I'm trying to say about it at the moment, I think, is there's been a fantastic equality movement over the last kind of 40 or 50 years where um, women have really kind of broken the barrier, well, broken a lot of the barriers, there's still barriers there, um, that were kind of set out in front of them about being a housewife, staying at home, looking after the kids and cooking. And I think that's been fantastic. And in terms of really almost reaching kind of equality, which is something that we should all be kind of striving for, but the messages we give to men haven't changed in that time. Mm. But we're still giving men the same messages that we were giving 30, 40, 50 years ago. And, and it's not a surprise then that women, are, that men are really stri- struggling really about where they fit in this modern world. You know, do you still have to be the breadwinner? Well, no, no. Fine. If you, if your wife or your partner is the breadwinner, um, do you have to be heterosexual? Well, no, you can still be as much of a man and still be, and, and be gay. Uh, or be you know it, it, it's it's a bit of a minefield in it but i still think the messages that we're giving men are, uh, are four or five decades out of date it's a really good point that it really is like I've, i look at my situation i've i've never been more a traditionally like macho man i've never been like strong or physical or and i've always compared myself to that version that was you know you mentioned in 
I'd always felt a little bit inferior and a bit like when I go and meet a group of lads or blokes, I feel like a bit scared because I think like, what if something bad happens and like they're dead strong and they're dead hard and I'm just a pussy. Yeah. You know, I like, I mean, I'm, I'm all right now. I lost loads of weight and I've grown in confidence and stuff, but I, w- I wouldn't have gone to some places before. But so I'm, I probably have more natural, like feminine qualities, but that's it. The fact that I'm even saying that is, is like, why can't we, I just have accepted that's just the way that I am. And, yeah. and that's fine for me to be that way. But I was judging it on being what I thought a man should be, yeah. how, how I learned. Yeah, looking at that though, I think with with society on the whole, there hasn't been, let alone as you said, for the past 40, 50 years, I don't think for thousands of decades, there's been a real concerted effort of change. There's never been uh, in the modern world uh, a defined role of a man, whereas the role of a woman has actually changed and and has become a lot more... um, defined what a woman should be but uh, you know reading back and reading various things the original man was the three p's he was the protector the provider and the procrastinator and and that's completely changed i mean now you don't need to protect obviously there's armies and various police forces who do that you don't need to provide because you look at it now and most of the world is driven on service-based industries as opposed to um manufacturing ones which is a manual manufacturing ones as such so the female role can be just as powerful as the man in in those in in, in fact in certain fields if you look at sort of teaching and nursing and stuff like that women have actually taken the dominant role in 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 that area um yeah. whereas the men the, the man's role is diminishing and diminishing and and again i think that is causing more and more of the, of the problem um, it, it's trying to get away from this, um, I don't know, the stigma really associated with being a man. And actually, in this modern day, there isn't really a, a definition of you still have to be show this, this strong image, but also showing the caring image, which is kind of counterproductive, really. Um, you need to f- f- sort of fall somewhere in the middle to be the ideal man. Um, but I think it's slowly getting out there um, that you can be you know, potentially masculine, but also have, as Mike said before, feminine and inverted commas qualities, but they're not feminine qualities. They're just human qualities. Just qualities, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. just qualities. Um, That's the point, isn't it? Is that the role of a man's evolving, it's changing, but the messages we're giving men about what being a man is, isn't changing. So it's no, there's no, um, you can see why there's confusion about what, what's yeah. expected of us. What do what what do we need to do? You know why why are why are boys struggling in school? You know why is the prison population ninety five percent male? Why is the street homeless population eighty five percent male? Because there's got to be there's got to be something that we're not getting quite right that's leading to some of those horrific figures that's leading to men to take their own lives. And it's it's about telling men that you can ask for help. You can show vulnerability. Um, you don't have to have all the answers. You know, if you can't fight, then who wants to fight anyway? <laughs> well, you know, what's fighting, you know? That's the, those are the messages that we need to be giving, to, giving men now. That, you know, you, should be, you do need to be sensitive because we live in a world where yeah. people need care and compassion and love. Um, 
you know, don't lash out because something goes wrong. Try and understand from the other person's perspective what's happened and why your relationship's breaking down or why you've got a problem with another person. Talk to them about it, but we're not giving men those messages and, and they're important messages to give if we're going to thrive in the 21st and even 22nd centuries, I suppose. Absolutely. I feel like breaking that cycle, isn't it? Like you said, the default behaviours, instead of lashing out, like the messages might make you think to take a step back and make kindness and compassion the default rather than violence, frustration, aggression. Because even though I was saying I'm not a macho man, for me, I get very, very frustrated all the time. And it's something that like has been a big thing undercurrent of my mental health. And, and I want to I try and counteract that. Kindness is the theme of mental health week this week. But I was saying last night, I think I'm a nice person, but I'm a kind person because I'm thinking I'm not always kind to myself. And, it, you know, if you, it starts with yourself. Like you said, if, Chris, if, like, people are going to lash out or then, you know, turn to substances or turn to self-harm, like, it's, it's giving yourself that permission to be kind to yourself and ask for help. These kind of things, like what you're, you're doing, Chris, and that's why you're a leader in this field, is it's not just raising awareness. It's not just highlighting the stigma. It's actually taking action to try and break that cycle. And that's, like you said, creating a movement is exactly what needs to happen. We've got to, it's the, it's the only way that we're going to get real change. You know, otherwise, our groups will still be doing the same thing they are now in 15 years' time. And, and we don't want to be doing that. We want to evolve and change with the time. So we've, we've, got, to, we've got to give men these new messages, you know, new messages of new way of being, a new type of masculinity, um, and um, that, that caring and compassion are strengths. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think just pick, picking up on the word you said there, Chris, I think compassion may be more so than, than kindness because it actually has the, the connotation of the thought behind the process as well. I think some people are innately kind and you say, well, why do you do that? And it's like, well, they don't understand why they're actually doing it. They just do it because it makes them feel good. But I think with, with something like compassion, why you're actually thinking more, especially self-compassion, um, you're thinking more about the reasoning behind it. And I think once you start thinking that then is actually then when you, you can make a, a concerted change in your life and, and hopefully then by your change, if you can then relate that change to other people's lives in these groups, that then will become hopefully that the spread of the movement and it'll become a lot more easy to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm. I, and I always go back to, it, it's great the number of guys that come through our door, but all I have, ever think about because i'm never happy is well how many how many men have never got to the door because because of this kind of view of masculinity and how many men have got to the door but not crossed the threshold yeah you know that's what that and I, I, i'll never be satisfied with how many men come to groups because i'll always be thinking about how many men haven't which is it's probably it's, it's a negative way of thinking i suppose isn't it but it's not for me because that's that's my motivation. My motivation is to get as many men accessing all these types of groups, whether it's directions or um, talk about it, mate, or any other groups that are out yeah. there. But we've got to we've got to encourage men to get out there and talk. Um, and the, the masculinity or the vision of masculinity is a massive barrier. Yeah, absolutely. And taking it on from that, if we are working in say with in some communities where the guys are a bit tougher you know historically 
like you brought up on that email, using the ter- using terms like toxic masculinity isn't always going to work because it'll, it'll act as like a stick to beat certain people with. Like it- some people just naturally are big and strong and have tattoos and are quite hard because that's just their upbringing. And it's not because they're both necessarily bad people. I don't want that term to put people off. Toxic masculinity is just a horrific term. Yeah, it's not nice wording, is it? Well, there's no, there's no differentiation between what is toxic masculinity and what's positive masculinity or non-toxic masculinity. So That's what someone decided. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's just like, well, t- masculinity is toxic then. Well, no, it's not. Masculinity is fine. It's beautiful. It's great. There's nothing wrong with being strong and being big and being muscly and having a deep voice. And there's nothing wrong with being, you know, with, with I don't know. There's nothing wrong with trying to lift the heaviest weights possible. But there are elements of it that aren't helpful, you know. There's no room for misogyny. There's no room for homophobia. There's no room for fighting and and and, and abusing people or assaulting yeah, people. Yeah, bullying and things like that, yeah. Well, let's call it what it is. Yeah. Let's call it misogyny. Yeah. Let's call it homophobia. Let's call it violence and aggression. Let's not call it toxic masculinity. Cause that exactly, it's an unhelpful term. It just clouds that people could just identify what the initial things are. Not, yeah, it's a, mm. such a loaded issue, isn't it? It's a loaded issue, but it's all, you know, I, I also take the view that it's a, it's, a, it's a term that's used to really disempower men. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that might seem a bit controversial, but it, it does stop conversation in its tracks uh, when, you, when, you, when you mention the term toxic masculinity. Yeah, I think it shouldn't be linked with, with masculinity. I think, think people have toxic personalities regardless of gender and... and and that's on, on their, on them, not, not on the, as you say, the athletic side of things or the, you know, guys can be big and can be strong, but still have, you know, have their own views on sort of things. And it's, it's the viewpoints, it's the emotional side of things. And I think it's, it's, it's digging deeper into that and looking at backgrounds and, and, and as, you, as we've, we're all trying to get on the same page, it's, it's okay to ask for help. Strength is, is no... I think with the people, especially with, with strength or with business or with money and stuff like that, you always think like they strive to be stronger, they strive to be want more money, they strive to be better. And it's like, well, sometimes you've got to look around and say, well, actually, I'm, I'm quite content with what I've got. Um, and it, it's getting to people to say, right, you don't actually have to keep pushing yourself and pushing yourself. You're great as you are. And, and then looking, looking behind, you know, looking at the reasons. Um, but then as, as, as Mike has, um, well, I think as both of you have said before, just listening. I think, I think with men, the communication side, going and talking is one thing, but actually guys turning to these meetings, I've found myself, I'm listening to other people's issues and other people's problems and also listening to other people and what they've actually felt has helped them and actually taking on board and thinking, actually, I've never tried that. I'm going to try that. It may work for me. It might not. Um, and I think that, not only talking, but actually sitting back and listening to other people's stories, um, especially as peers or, or even not peers, even just normal guys, but whether they're big, whether they're small, whether they're clever, whether they're intelligent, whether they're poor, whether they're rich, whatever, you listen to someone and you think they've been through that and they've come out the other side and they're doing this and this helped them. You think, actually, that might help me. It might not, but it gives you more perspective. And I think people... Um, speaking from my own personal experience it's quite interesting because I had sort of quite defined views of some of the people who I already knew before they went to 
some of the group meetings from our footballing days. Um, and once you sort of got to know the people, it, it's like, well, you know the background of the people, you know, suddenly you know what's that. And then you, you have a completely different view on people. And I think that's the more that men speak to each other, men and listen to other men, it does open up a whole, it gives you a much wider and a much greater um, understanding and appreciation of, of, of wider society. Um, and again, speaking from my own personal experience, it, it's made me more, um, more thoughtful and, and less, hopefully less judgmental. Uh, I think we all have an area of judgmentalness in ourselves anyway, it's just innate, but the more you kind of think, well, actually, I'm, I'm going to judge the person on their actions and their deeds, not what is a preconceived idea of them. And I think masculinity does play such a heavy role in this. And that's why what some of the work we're doing will take generations to really go thinking, you know, what we're, what we're starting now won't really take effect, I don't think, for a generation or two. Because it, it all starts from changing those messages that men get when they're boys. Yeah. And I, I can't do that. I'm, you know, I've had three daughters, so I'm certainly not going to do that. <laughs> you know, Is that why you work in men's mental health, Chris? Yeah, <laughs> it might be. It might be. Well, that's, that's the point in it. We've, we've got to change the message. We've got to change the narrative. And let's stop, you know, yeah, people do terrible things at the time, but I'm a behaviorist, so I always try and look into the reasons why people behave a certain way. Um, and, you know, there will be messages, there will be trauma, yeah, bereavement, yeah. psychological issues that have happened, social problems that that person's been through that's led them to where they are today. And we need to try and understand the background of people and, you know, rather than just attacking people. Yeah, I think it's important. I think you, you've got the background behind it this kind of links with because obviously I'm doing my counselling training and that's it that that compassion I think I always had that in me I never appreciated it but I'm always thinking like where's that come from where's that come from and as soon as you start to think like that you, you start to you automatically start to judge people less for the things that they've done it's just something that they've done and then you're thinking well what's what's happened 10 moves before that you, you know I know where mine happened and and it's because I, I never had any male role models when I was being being brought up. I was brought up mainly by women, you know, strong um women, you know, hard working women, intelligent women, um amazing amazing women and 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 that's that's what's helped me. Um be I think probably like you Mike I probably don't say I don't say I, I always say I'm not a, I'm not a bloke's bloke I'm not a, I'm not I always say I'm not a masculine bloke but I am a masculine bloke as suppose. I'm just not a I am more in touch with my sensitive side and compassionate side and I think that comes from who I was raised by no yeah, it's, nice, it's nice to hear that sorry Carl go on not uh, just a quick one not not to sort of judge you as the stereotypical man's man sort of thing that's what you what we're trying to break down isn't it Chris the uh what is a man <laughs> Exactly. Well, I'm, yeah, exactly. So I describe myself as much as a man as anyone else. You know, I like football, I, you know, I like sports and I like having a laugh with people and, you know, that kind of, you know, taking the mickey out of another fella and then digging him in the arm as much as anyone else. But I also think it's important when, you know, and we might, we might make some try to have those conversations now about the importance of talking if you're not feeling great and, and, you know, the, that message is getting through to my mates because they see what I'm doing every day with directions for men. But would they have those conversations otherwise? I don't know. 
it's tough, isn't it? I found that with my actual friends. Like I, I say, my talk about mate friends are now kind of more my close friends because I there's no bullshit in that relationship from day one. They've known my story and that it's so refreshing. You don't have to go into any room with any pretense that like everyone in there knows I've had a nervous breakdown. Everyone in there knows all the things that I've been through. And I quite like that because it's like, a, but I did a Zoom call with like my other mates last night and it was great, but it just took me a bit of time to settle into the conversation. Yeah, get back into the swing of things again. Exactly. We put on different masks and different hats, but I think the word I'm going to take from what you said is movement because it is a movement. You say it's you're planting seeds that are going to come into the generations and generations. You know, there's a lot of unhelpful words and terminology out there, but behavior, what is, you know, name thing behaviors for what they are. Being a man and masculinity is just an individual thing. Is that's what I'm kind of going to take away from this, really. I suppose, sorry, I suppose looking at the movement side of things, you know, if you look back at various other um, movements, i.e. with women the women's movement and the femininity movement but you also look at sort of uh racial integration and stuff like that these are movements that have started sort of 50 60 70 years ago they still haven't reached the right place but they're moving in the right direction i think we like with men i think that's like sort of the men's the the, the racial movements and the female movements back in in, in you know the 50s the 60s and even earlier i think sort of yeah it is going to take sort of that period for, for men to sort of redefine their own role. Yeah. But I suppose it's got to start somewhere. It may as well start here and now. Exactly. I like to say, you know, those, those movements aren't where they want to be, but you can only kind of applaud and look at them with awe at the, the battles that they've been through, that the messages that they give, at the strength that they've got, that even, even though their they're campaigns towards equality haven't achieved their goals 50 years later but they're still as passionate as engaged they still care about it so much they're still willing to talk about every opportunity um you know and and that's where the kind of the men's kind of positive masculinity movement i suppose has got to to get to we've got to get to that what is the message that we want to give how do we want our men to behave in future what do we want the view of masculinity to be and it might take us 50 years to get halfway yeah. there, but we've got to take inspiration from, um, from the LGBTQ community yeah. um, from the black and minority ethnic community, from women's movements. We've got to take some inspiration from that and say what they've done in, in 50 years, you know, wiping out thousands of years worth of inequality, not wiping it out, still a long way to go, but mm-hmm. the way they've closed the gap is an inspiration. It's got to be an inspiration to us as men. But we have to we have to work as hard to change the message of masculinity for our guys, and it's got to start now. That's a really good way to kind of wrap things up. There, I think yeah, it is a movement, and you know, people say it's the journey, not the destination. As long as we're on the journey, that's that's successful. I can look myself in the you know in the mirror and be like, oh, we're doing something, doing our bit. And like you said, there's so many groups and things that play a part in this. I just hope that you know, things do step up from here and there's more opportunities for men to attend events and share and connect. Yeah, absolutely. The more opportunities for collaboration, the better. Yeah. Well, in that case, if people want to get in touch with you or find out about you, and I hope we can collaborate as well, 
like with some more content in the future because um, I know you've got lots of knowledge and obviously I want to keep people like that in the network but yeah where can people find you where can we know a bit more about what you do so if you go to Facebook and follow uh, directions for men um, you can go on Twitter and it's directions for because we're down with the kids so it's the number four directions for men uh, on Twitter you can email us at hello at directionsformen.co.uk or even call 07894971434. And we meet on Zoom a few times a week um, at the moment. And then when things hopefully get back to some semblance of, more, of normal, we'll be meeting face to face again. Um, so, yeah, come and connect with us, chat with us, and uh, see where we go when this is all over. Brilliant. I feel very inspired after that one. I don't know how you fellas feel. I feel yeah. like, yeah, like let's go out there and. I think it's work. nice. I think it's nice though that that the groups are um, are trying to build a network of, of of groups and and just under you know come together under the different banners but have the same movement forward. And I think that's that I, th I think is going to be paramount to to spreading the word um, and not being sort of insular in your thought process or in, in your way. And I think this, this is quite, a, as Mike uh, said before, you know, working together and, and sharing ideas and, and what has worked, what hasn't worked, what, what, you know, and getting out there, the more, the more groups there is, the better. Um, and, and the more open to work with each other. I think that's, that's a, a big, uh, a big plus with this movement as well. That's it. And that's it. And the hope, Everyone enjoyed that and we all keep in touch and if any feedback or anyone wants to get in touch or get on the podcast, let us know. So thank you first to Carl. You're welcome. Thank you guys and, and glad to meet you, Chris. Yeah, and finally, finally Chris Judge from Directions for Men. Thank you, Chris. Brilliant. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Nice to talk to you both. Have a lovely day, guys. Okay. Stop recording. Right, that's, that was excellent, guys. Mm -hmm.